Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys high-fiving with words, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, it is our monthly nerd alerts. Nerd alerts. Nerd alerts is our monthly segment where we go over all the nerd news. Yeah. Mikey digs it up on the internet, mines it, and presents it on the table here. And I crack wise. We do this so much that I have my own system, and it's kind of fun. Like ooh. I save things and put things in my notes, and I'm like, "Ooh, this might be fun to talk about later." So mm-hmm. it's it's not only am I just wasting time on the internet, but now I feel productive because I'm like, yeah. "Ooh." So you're not wasting your time anymore. You've <laughs> turned it into something. And the old adage: uh, "Time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time." Oh. And this is all about nerd stuff. So yes. So nerd news, geek news, pop culture news. See, we have, we use the word geek, and then we get in trouble. I've said it a million times on the podcast. Yep. People hear geek, and they think we're going to talk about building your gaming PC. Yep, or Poindexter, and you're real smart, but people don't like you for some yeah. reason. <laughs> but this is nerd news, pop culture news, stuff that's kind of nerdy. It's interesting. We've watched over the years everything turn from, like, you like that? What a dork, to, like, we can make a lot of money off this. So now, like... <laughs> People who normally would have like thrown us in the lockers are like, yeah, man, that Witcher show is awesome. <laughs> it's, like, it's fun to be a nerd now. I know. And that makes my job easier because now they're reporting on all the nerdy stuff because yeah. they're like, oh, people like this. It's getting clicks. Let's go. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but to start off, as we usually always start off, uh, I'm a big fan of movie trailers. So we start off with trailer talk because it's a, it's a quick little glimpse. I think I mentioned it last time, but it's the Dane Cook bit. You watch a trailer and you're like, oh, yes, I want to see that. Or you watch a trailer and you're like, nope, not for me. Mm-hmm. It's the pretty, it's assuming positions immediately based mm-hmm. on two seconds of movie. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Exactly. And I know there's people that get paid, like that's their whole industry is to make trailers. So shout out to them. You, you get me interested in a bunch of movies. The first one being Top Gun colon Maverick. Tom Cruise is back as Maverick yeah. in the Top Gun sequel. So I thought this movie came out already, but was, I guess COVID? Was that why? Uh, it could be COVID world circumstances. I don't know yeah. the exact reason, but there are a lot of factors that I imagine postponed it. Yeah, it seemed like they did it forever ago. That's it. I was like, oh, is this a sequel? And I'm like, oh, no, this is the one. <laughs> 35 years in the making. That's how long it's been since the original Top Gun. Wow. Which, my first question, just hot take off the dome, thumbs up, thumb down, original Top Gun for you. Oh, I mean, hmm. so 35 years ago, I was just a kid 35 years ago. Jeez, I think I'm old, but then you do something like that, and I'm like, it's this weird. There's this weird dichotomy. It's like, yes. I seem old, but then you're like, this iconic film that everyone loves. How <laughs> old were you when it came out? And you're like, oh, I was just a kid, so I can't be that old. Nope. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I was like 12, I guess, when it came out. So I don't even know if I saw it. That's like a grown-up movie. I didn't and see it till way later. So. Yeah, I must have seen it way later. So... Yeah, man. I mean, it's like got Navy jets in it and stuff, and they're flying around and bl- got- blown up Libyans. Was that who they were fighting? I think that was the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting point about this trailer that we'll get to in a second. But yeah, the original bad guys had those. But in this new trailer, they don't say what the conflict is. They don't say what the bad mm-hmm. guy is. Mm-hmm. So like, who is it? Yeah. Is that why it got postponed? Who knows? Oh, you think they had to pull one of those like uh, Chinese to North Korean things like they did in um, that Red Dawn remake? Maybe. I mean, it could like you write it in there. You're like, I'm just going to write this in the script and put it out. And then you're like, oh, no, real world connection. (laughs) You can't do that. Postpone it. Mm -hmm. Rewrite. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do like those like military, like a modern military movie when there's not an actual like hot war with an enemy and stuff like that. That's it. And it was kind of funny that they did that in the original Top Gun because it was the Cold War. Yep. So, you know, what he can, we just, <laughs> we're just on patrol making sure that the Russians aren't doing anything crazy <laughs> yep. right now. But they had to, like, so they made it like Libya. <laughs> sort of nondescript, so don't offend too many people, I guess. Yes. 
but the original, uh, I'm I'm with you. I've seen it. It's fun. It's not one of my favorites, but yeah. the soundtrack is great. Hmm. Tom Cruise in his heyday, like you yeah. can see why he became the action star mm-hmm. that he did. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason is Top Gun, and you get the whole like Maverick and Iceman and Goose and like almost buddy cop. They're playing volleyball, but mm-hmm. they're also flying jets. It's a fun time. Looks like we're getting way more of that, and they're hitting all those same points with this mm-hmm. new one. Yeah, this is the nostalgia bomb movement. For sure, especially mm-hmm. 35, 35 years after yeah, the fact. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. But see, the Top Gun kind of falls into the um, more mainstream. That's kind of like the more... It's like the kids who loved football and thrown you in the locker were the guys who liked Top Gun. Exactly. And didn't even see what the problem was with the volleyball scene. <laughs> Which has become parodied a lot. Absolutely. It's like, I don't get what's wrong. It's like, ah, uh, then you missed the point. <laughs> but it's the same sort of setup. We have the, the best of the best are the students coming up, but they need a new teacher. And who's qualified to be the teacher of the best of the best? Well, Val Kimmer's Iceman recommends Tom Cruise coming back and the student has become the master. I kind of love that. No, yeah, I like the premise of it. I mean, it was kind of neat in the trailer. They had the homage painting to Admiral Iceman. Oh, for sure, yeah. They they put him in there. Val Kimmer, and I guess it's like, is it Goose's kid? Well, Val Kimmer's Iceman, and then, yes, Goose's yeah, kid Goose's is now Yeah, Goose's kid the new... is in it. Yes. But, and he they gave him a mustache, too, really. I mean, okay, I get it. You got you to gotta appease the mass public, be like, like father, like son. They have the same genetic mustache. <laughs> a genetic mustache. And they gave him, like, I think this is even, you You picked up on the mustache. I picked up on the code name, but his son's name is Rooster. And, like, Goose and Rooster, that's kind of, like, mm. similar bird flight names, I mm. guess. I wonder if they're going to pull uh, an Alice in Chains. <laughs> Can't kill the roost. Oh, if they if that's a sound drop yeah, in like an action maybe. scene, uh, that'd be great. But that is one of the main conflicts. And it, it seems interesting because it makes sense with tying into the old movie. But mm-hmm. I'm just psyched for this because it's the fighter jet scenes were cool in the original. Oh but, yeah, man. I'm a definite like uh I'm a I was an air show nerd. Exactly. My dad and I used to go to air shows and stuff all the time. So there is a level of nerdery that can be found in it. It isn't just dude bros. Who are all like, wow, yeah, action movie awesomeness. But if you're super into it, because I'm, I'm sitting there going, oh, those are F-14 Tomcats, uh, <laughs> carrier-launched planes, uh, mostly only used on the, by the U.S. Navy because their carrier-launched uh, swept-wing thing. Uh, uh, the G.I. Joe had a uh, version of it that you could... Yeah. <laughs> you got to push up their glasses. You're, yeah. They're slipping down your nose a little bit. <laughs> and add to that to the fact that now we're in 2022 with the CGI and effects mm-hmm. and camera works that we're capable of now right. 35 years later we're getting in cockpit shots we're getting cool stunts like seems like they're going the extra mile and it almost seems like Tom Cruise took jet fighter pilot license you know he did they I wouldn't surprise me yeah you know he did i think they're in F18s now there you go that's what they look like to me but that's half I don't the know trailer in raptors or anything anyway <laughs> But that's half the trailer, and that's half the reason I will probably sit down and watch this. I know mm-hmm. it's going to be a nostalgia fest, but knowing that going in, it, you kind of mm-hmm. accept it for what it is. Yeah. There's nothing better to eat popcorn to, to than a Tom Cruise movie. That's it? Yeah. And now it's, it narratively fits. They're not trying to make him keep doing younger Mission Impossible movies. Now mm-hmm. he's the instructor. It, it works perfectly. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's going to throw some like few good men lines in there. It's like, you can't handle the flying. <laughs> So, yeah, check out that trailer. The movie comes out on May 27th. The second trailer I want to talk about, just because this is hilarious and awesome to me in equal measure, but I I saw this trailer for when I went to the theater to see The Batman, which we just talked about, so go check out that episode, too. But there was a trailer for a movie called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring Nicolas Cage Mm -hmm. as Nicolas Cage, also impersonating Nicolas Cage. This movie is so meta. We got Pedro Pascal in there, our, fr- yeah, our, yeah. our friend the Mando, mm-hmm. who I will think I'll now watch in anything he does. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just want to see him without his helmet. And you'll get this because now he's playing some sort of uber billionaire, maybe cartel runner, mm-hmm. drug lord, bad guy who just loves Nick Cage and hires him to come out to the fantasy mm-hmm. island. And then you get to see all this. It's so meta. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're getting away with this, but... Pedro Pascal has this whole museum of like actual Nick Cage in real life memorabilia, mm-hmm. like stuff from Face Off and stuff from Con Air and stuff from, I don't know, National Treasure maybe, mm-hmm. but it's Nick Cage the actor, but he's actually in the movie 
And then he becomes a CIA undercover agent pretending to be Nick, be Nick Cage. I don't know. What do you think of the trailer? Well, it looks like a movie that I would like to see. Yes. But what I thought of the trailer was, I don't need to see the movie now. Oh, that's It fair. was one of those trailers that like totally showed everything that happens in the movie. Valid. Fair. Drives me crazy. <laughs> Why do you do that? Like, I know exactly what happens. I Listen, I'm not spoiling anything. Go watch the trailer. Spoiler for the trailer. <laughs> I haven't even seen the movie. He gets hired by this South American billionaire guy. Yes. The turns out that the guy is a cartel. He Well, he get, becomes friends with them. They have a great time. Turns out the guy is a cartel guy, so they get approached by the CIA. Yep. Nick Cage gets approached by the CIA to see if he can, like, spy on him whenever he does he pulls the caper and breaks into his office why do i know all this from the trail breaks into his office then he gets confronted by him you betrayed me and they're gonna shoot you know all we don't know is how it ends that's all we don't know i don't like i literally could walk into the movie probably in the last 30 minutes and not be confused as to where it was i hate it when they do that with trailers that's totally hate it i totally get it and this seems like the type of movie where what they're showing you is what you're gonna get there is the possibility of what aren't they showing you and how all those points connect. Like, how does the journey actually happen? It could be a misdirect, but I'm with you. You do, We do know all the, the hitting points from yeah, the trailer. Too much. Too much. I'm still on board because it's, it's Nick Cage being Nick Cage, and it seems like he's on board with, like, hamming himself up because he does the Nick Cage yell, he has mm-hmm. the Nick Cage guns, he's doing all the bits. So mm-hmm. It's kind of like, wasn't there being John Malkovich where John Malkovich played himself? Yep, Absolutely. Played a whole bunch of themselves. Yeah, back in the day. So I I was curious about this, and I did go find an interview with Nicholas Cage. You sent me the link, yes. Uh, about doing this, and he basically, he's such an interesting guy. I think he's not as crazy as he wants you to think he is. Oh, no, yeah. I think that's, I think he's kind of almost doing a, a like, a, a bit. In a lot of ways. Yeah, supporting his brand. Like, he knows yeah. what people are expecting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he knows. Yeah. And in that interview, I could see, like, someone approached him with this script, and he was like, oh, this is hilarious. I totally need to do this. But he has to act like, well, I wasn't sure at first, but then I realized it was, like, kind of a caricature of myself. It was the writer's fantasy of who I am. And I decided to sound like it'd be fun to play someone's fantasy of me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not, I'll go. I mean, I'll see it. Maybe I don't know if I want to see it in the theater, but Saturday afternoon at home um, when it's streaming. Yeah, it seems like it might be fun. Do you have a, a, a off the top of your dome favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Mm, favorite Nicolas Cage movie off the top of my head. I need to see a full list because I know I've seen lots of his movies yep. uh, over. He's done so many. He's been in like an insane. He's been he does like almost as many, if not more, than Samuel L. Jackson. And half of them are serious, and half of them yeah. are. Well, not he doesn't serious. say no to anything. That's it. Is, he was almost Superman. You know, yeah, he was almost Superman. <laughs> I think that one just off the top of my dome when you say. What Nicolas Cage movie do you like? I I keep Con Air keeps fit, hitting me in the head. That's it. It is a perfect movie. It's really good because there's so many. It's almost like that came out way before the Expendables, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like an Expendables type group. All the fun guys. They're, they're, yeah. You know their faces. Let's put them all in a big ensemble. Right. Yep. Exactly. So that one probably wasn't he also in? Was he in the The Rock? Was that his? He was in The Rock with Sean yeah. Connery. Yeah. I mean, that movie was nuts. One of Michael Bay's best, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so between those two, but I think probably Con Air because it always made, it made me giggle because, you know, that's a, it's a hairdryer. <laughs> <laughs> Put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> that, oh, I was, yeah. My answer was going to be Con Air, and The Rock is a great contender, but to throw one more in there, National Treasure is a great Saturday afternoon mm, movie, mm-hmm. and it's all because of Nick Cage. So. Mm-hmm. And people are yelling, why are you saying Racing Arizona? <laughs> well, that's Coen Brothers, and yeah, it, I love that movie, but a little bit more fun to go with National Treasure. Yeah, Racing I mean, Arizona, though, that's a good call. Well, I know, but the, the reason why I don't think it came to the top of either of our minds is because that's a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. You don't think of that as a Nicolas Cage movie. The Coen Brothers are their own entity. Exactly. And whoever's in it is kind of should be honored to be working with the Coen Brothers. Yeah. 
basically. I believe uh, it. So that that's not really a Nicolas Cage movie. But Con Air and <laughs> The Rock are definitely Nicolas Cage movies. Absolutely. Oh, but speaking of movies, here's some more movie news. The Oscars just happened. Oh, yeah, they did. And I'm not going to bring up the headline that everybody's thinking about because, <laughs> hey, go on any social media website for the last week. And that's what half the headlines oh, are about. Man. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're mm. nerds. We're positivity. You're here to talk about Amy Schumer making fun of her best buddy? No. <laughs> no that one got buried, too. That one got buried. But what also got buried is the nerds kind of crushed it for a few things in the Oscars, specifically Dune by Dennis Villeneuve. Mm. Uh, six winner of Academy Awards, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, including Best Cinematography, which is fun because we just talked about with this with the Batman, but Craig Frazier, the guy from Rogue One, the Batman, also on Dune, mm-hmm. won an Oscar. They got Best Production Design, which is makes sense because the sound in that movie was amazing. Best Film Editing, Best Score for Hans Zimmer, a mm-hmm. classic, one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Best Visual Effects, that's kind of a given for the sci-fi movie. And Best Sound again, because like I said, that sound is great. But I bring this up because it, do you agree that if like a nerdy property earns an Oscar, it sort of gives it staying power. Um, maybe I'm not sure. I don't know. Do people really care? I think the people that give the money care, which is my that's ex- true. Because like we already know that Dune Part Two is coming. Well, yeah, because it kind of ended. But I don't want to talk about it too much because we need to do an assumption of Dune. Yeah, we're not talking. And we need to. We need to. Uh, yes. We need to bring a special guest on. We need to wrangle this one up. We mm-hmm. need to figure that. We need to do it soon too, especially <laughs> now that I won an Oscar. It should be coming to streaming soon. Yeah. But in I general, just watched it again on the airplane. It's so good. Yeah. Not to spoil anything, but <laughs> we know that Part Two is coming. But I think with the weight that it's actually achieving accolades mm-hmm. means we might because there's so much Dune lore out there. Yeah. There's so there's a, a handful of books. Mm-hmm. So I hope this leads into more than just two of a series is what I'm sort of getting at. Yeah, I mean, yeah, possibly, but I mean, those like all those sound design and all those ones. Those it always it has always always seemed to me that it's almost like. Yeah, you guys made a lot of money with this, and we respect what you do, but come on. You're not like the, the things that are Oscar bait stuff Absolutely. that they give the acting awards to. It's like, so we know you guys do awesome things, and we really liked your movie. So here, have all the technical stuff. That's what it always seems like sci-fi gets, you know. For sure. The short. That's why when like the Lord of the Rings was like winning Oscars for like, best picture type stuff everyone was like what i was gonna make the same thing you know so that should happen more often in my mind but you know but that was going to be evidence to the point i was making in that lord of the rings won best picture and i think that at least in some variable part opened the door for us to get game of thrones and the witcher for sure like a slight fantasy resurgence because they're like oh people will actually show up and received well Mm -hmm. but you're right. Most of the time, all our nerd properties get the the, the daytime awards with the yeah, own televised. Exactly. I know. <laughs> but speaking of nerdy Oscars, this is this one I thought was amazing. Um, so Coda won Best Picture, but the main actor Troy Kutzer from Coda won Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the second of two deaf people to win a uh, to win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. The first one being one of our favorite Marley Matlin. Yes, great. So he's now one of two. But going down the rabbit hole about him, which props to him for winning the award and doing a good job, mm-hmm. but he was on The Mandalorian. He was one of the Tusken Raiders, and he's credited as being behind the scenes creating the Tusken Raider silent talking language. Yeah, he created the sign language for the Tusken Raiders. Yep, and it's not called ASL because he dis- he deliberately made it different. It's he called, called it TSL. Yeah. <laughs> and now we know how to do Mandalorian. That's it. You do like the... The M. You have to hold your hand like that, and you do like it's. You're supposed to make it look like his the helmet, the helmet. Yep. So you can't. I'm doing it to Mikey. No one else can see it. <laughs> we found a really nice interview. What's the name of the website? Uh, Daily Moth. Oh, the, the uh, it's a YouTube channel. Yep. Um, that's all. It's actually you have to read it unless you know ASL. It was all ASL. Yeah. I was impressed by that fact too. So it's like all ASL news and stuff, and they had an interview with him on there. Mm-hmm. And he showed it. And he, you know what's funny? I was, I was like, because I, 
I don't know ASL, but I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated about how they have to spell stuff. Yes. And they do it so fast. It's crazy. Yeah, because they have to spell. They didn't have the Mando sign, I guess, for the interview because they had to spell Mandalorian mm-hmm. out every time. You're like, oh, yeah. okay. Or Tuscan. Yep. They had Raiders. They have word for Raiders, but they didn't have word for Tuscan, so they had to spell Tuscan out. But the thing that I noticed out of that whole thing, I mean, this is great, and I don't know why I'm going on this tangent, but it was hilarious to me that Disney is so huge that there is an ASL sign for Disney. They don't have to spell Disney out. I and it's yeah. putting, it's doing the little mouse ears. mouse ears on your head like the Disney hat. That's how Disney is so big. They have their own sign. They have their own sign. That That's is great. Cra- and it makes me wonder, what's the sign for a mouse then? Uh, probably a little scampering of the hand. Yeah, maybe something. Because if you do the ears, then people know, oh, are you talking about mouse or are you talking about Disney? Like <laughs> the big mouse or little mouse? <laughs> anyway, uh, but no, that is awesome. That's that's so, it's that kind of nerdiness that you get with like over in the Star Trek world with Klingon where they like made it a whole language. Yeah, and people speak it so, fluently. Yeah, people speak it. So, I mean, I don't know how far he's going to go with it, but we know that there was more of it in Book of Boba Fett. Yes. So uh, it makes me wonder how far they're going to go with it. I would love for him to like totally geek out for us because he was saying that he loved it since he was eight years old, Star Wars. He saw it like 26 times. Yeah, even though he, Even though he couldn't hear it, he could see it, and he said it was so visual. But it, <laughs> it makes me wonder if he's like nerded out enough that he does it all because it would be so cool because I know that there's that I forget what they're called. There's a subgroup to the 501st that do things that aren't Imperial. Okay. They do cosplays like of other stuff. Gotcha. And I've seen some Tusken Raider cosplays out there. So it'd be really cool if they had a way to like do their sign language and stuff to each other. That'd yeah. be awesome. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Just like the Klingon cosplays you're yeah. talking about. They l- learn the language. <laughs> learn the grunts and the hand signals. I didn't, say, I didn't say anything. I just made cut all noises. I don't know Klingon. You did say something and somebody just got real mad. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that that was the real heartwarming part about the interview is he's a he's been a Star Wars fan since he was eight. And being deaf, like, he didn't hear the movie at all. Mm-hmm. It was all visual, and that just shows the impressiveness of how visual Star Wars was. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's super great. And it's like hiring the fans and getting people that love it and do it right. I also think I was trying to see, I think there's a sign for lightsaber. It seems like it. Yeah, because he kind of didn't like a, like a wavy thing, like you're waving a lightsaber around. What else would you confuse that with? Because a lightsaber is sort of its own synonymous thing. Right. Know? Well, then, you know, I figure they might, they, I'm sure there's a sign for light. There and then go. I'm sure there's a sign for a sword light or sword. Some, <laughs> something like that. But it literally looked like he was like doing a little pantomiming fighting with a lightsaber. So if there's, let us know. How could you even know? Anyway. <laughs> Send us a diagram. If you know ASL and, and you can hear us, <laughs> then, yeah, let us know if there is an actual sign for lightsaber. I'm thinking I'm going to learn TSL just so I can be vulgar at you guys without knowing. <laughs> uh, but to continue, one more of the movie news, more silliness, more nerdiness. Uh, James Gunn can't wait for people to see the Guardian special. Brad hinted at this before I even knew it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was during our Eternals episode. But Brad brought this up. There's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yeah, right. Hearing that title immediately triggers my Star Wars brain like, oop, holiday special, Ugh. Well, but collar tug. well, I wouldn't tug your collar because here's a big difference. Guardians of the Galaxy is set in a universe where there is an Earth that Peter Quill's from, where there is a Christmas. That makes sense. Or whatever holiday it is. Mm-hmm. Pick your holiday of choice. There's many in the December region, <laughs> but that's supposed to like you know the Star Wars one where they had like make up or what was it? Life Day? Life Day. Life Day. Yep. I was gonna say Earth Day. That doesn't mean <laughs> that's a real thing. No, it's Life Day. And so, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, we're getting the holiday special. It is coming out around the holidays, so we're talking about it a little bit early. But everybody's coming back. Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista, Zoe Saldana, all, like, all the players are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an estimated runtime of about 40 minutes, so mm-hmm. this is really just a short little one-off. But apparently it's going to tie in and be the lead-in piece for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Like, it's not necessary. It is a like a side quest, one shot, but... It's going to tie in narratively, and that just boggles my mind. That's awesome. It's kind of funny to me that it has like an hour-long special runtime of like an old show would. Exactly. Because with commercials, it'd probably be about that. 44, 42 minutes. Yeah. 
uh, the article I pulled this from did bring up a, a point, is that one of the cool factors about Guardians of the Galaxy is the music factor. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a aspect. So are they going to have... Is Mariah Carey... Are we going to hear her no. in the background? Are we going to hear some wham? Jingle Bell Rock. There you go, Come see? On. Maybe some Perry Como and some Nat King Cole. <laughs> like, go even more classic? What's on that Zune that, that uh, Star-Lord has? <laughs> oh, yeah. He doesn't have a tape anymore. Nope. He has the Zune player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is apparently now loaded with Christmas music. So, <laughs> oh, that's so silly to me. I'm super excited for it. There's really no plot detail, so that'll come once the holidays get closer. It's so funny to me that it's a Zune. Like they picked something like something else that was <laughs> that's yeah. that's not new technology anymore, and it's such a weird off technology. And it's almost off to the point where now cassette tapes are off. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's- Clever writing, James Gunn, mm-hmm. you're killing it with Peacemaker. You're still killing it with Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I, oh, I'm excited to see what, what comes next. I, did you have a, I had a Zune. Did you have one? Uh, I was I was an early iPod adapter. Yeah. That's the reason I sort of went into iPhones, just because I like the iPod mm-hmm. so much. But I had, like, the old squirrel wheel, like, glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had one of those as well, but I think that for a gift, I was given a Zune by a Zune advocate. <laughs> who was like, this is so much better. That's how it happens, yep. And so I was like, okay, it wasn't better at all. <laughs> Do you ever have the old mini disc players? No. Oh, no. That was oh. the weird stopgap between, like, Zunes, iPods, and cassettes. I know what you're talking CDs. about, but I didn't I didn't have a mini disc player. That's so nerdy. We I didn't... did have a, a PSP, a PlayStation Portable. Yep. Or PlayStation Personal. Which one is it? Which is the last P? I think it's Portable. Okay. But that I remember that came with those UMD discs or yeah. whatever those called, mm-hmm. um, and Universal you, Media Disc. Yeah, right. <laughs> and <laughs> you could, I mean, not only did they have the games for it, they had like tons of movies, absolutely, like tons of movies for it. And if you go to certain like bargain basement secondhand shops, you can find them. That's it. Even cassettes are making a comeback now. I wonder if P- PSP movies will make a comeback. That's pretty funny. I don't know. My PSP still works, though. I got the, uh, the. Uh, I don't know if I want to say it. Someone might try and steal it from me, but I got the Star Wars one with the Darth Vader head oh, printed on it. Limited edition. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nerd. <laughs> uh More movie news, but going a little bit behind the scenes, still in the Marvel Universe, Anthony Mackie, newly mm-hmm. crowned Captain America, who used to be the Falcon is building his own movie studio in New Orleans. Awesome. I, that's really like the the start and end of the headline. Is that well, where he's from? That is where he's from. Cool. So it's a hometown boy bringing it back. He's doing Robert Rodriguez. That's it. Yeah. And with Atlanta has a thriving cinema scene. Yeah. Austin has a thriving mm-hmm. cinema scene because of people like Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. It seems like Anthony Mackie, with all of his Marvel swagger, mm-hmm. is doing this for New Orleans. That's great because, I mean, New Orleans is... They've been having a lot of hard times, and that would be a real good way to boost the area up. That'd be great. Absolutely. And he does seem like the type of dude. You said Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez puts his friends in everything. Yeah. Anthony Mackie strikes me as the same type of dude. Like, mm-hmm. I'm opening up a studio. Come make stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Man, that's cool. That's great. There's a lot of cool, like, flora and fauna and all kinds of cool stuff. You can do all kinds of cool stuff down there. You want a Dagobah looking place? Oh, Swampland, yeah. yeah. You can bring back the Anaconda movie or whatever that giant crocodile <laughs> movie was. Do more of those. No, but so I'm excited to see. There's really no announcements of projects just yet because the studio was just announced, but uh, the mayor's on board of his hometown and all the like all the stateside aspect of mm-hmm. it are super excited because they see the the benefit yeah, it can bring. There'd be tons of benefits. It's great. And what man, and New Orleans is such a fun town too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I wonder how voodoo is going to affect the, <laughs> voodoo is going to affect. Film. Well, um, Anthony Mackie is going to make sure he has to get a shaman in there to be- bless the bless the place, and then everything will be fine. That's all. You're just going to make sure you get a shaman in there to bless it. One of those guys with the top hat and the skull yeah, face, man. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure everything's cool. I think he knows what he's doing. He's a hometown boy. I was. Well, I once was. I was down in New Orleans once and ran into a, a guy on the street who gave me a. I forget what it was called. I think it was literally just like a ball of whatever nutmeg comes in. I don't even know it. It was nutmeg. Okay. But it was like the nutmeg you pull off the bush or tree or however a nutmeg grows. I don't even know what it was. 
Like raw nutmeg, though. Yeah, okay. and he, he handed it to me, and he says, you know, this is a, it was like a juju ball or something. I don't know what the heck it was. And he handed it to me, and he's like, he's like, this will protect you, and blah, blah, blah. There you go. And then I was like, thanks. And then he, like, looked at me with his hand out, and I was like, <laughs> oh. And I was like, I better give him money just because. That's it. Got to complete the it, transaction. But it, it also might be real. <laughs> I didn't want to be like. Nah, I ain't got no money. Or no, here, take this thing back. And next thing you know, your like leg falls off or something. <laughs> no, it's Deep, like here start falling out. He's like here. Well, you're here to tell that story. So <laughs> I'm assuming that the warding charm worked. I guess so. <laughs> Good on you for completing it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, props to Anthony Mackie. Thumbs up to you because you're balancing out the other sort of bummer news that I found. But it does relate to what you know what we've been talking about with movies, but. Amazon, ruler of everything, richest man in the world, just bought out MGM, the movie studio, for $8.5 billion. $8.5 billion. MGM is home to films like 12 Angry Men, Basic Instinct, Mm. All the Rockies, uh, All the James Bonds, RoboCop, Stargate, Thelma and Louise, Tomb Raider, Magnificent Seven, Pink Panther... Like, MGM has 4,000 movies, 17,000 TV shows. They've been in the game for so long, and now it's Jeff Bezos' property. Yeah. Well, when, you, when you're a billionaire like that, a lot of, you can buy a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> the, the highlight, the, the, the positive spin I'll put on it is that if, if you have Prime, which they do some all right stuff, there are some Prime originals, but it's been, in my opinion, some of the lackluster as compared to the rest of the streaming world. Mm-hmm. If we're getting MGM quality stuff, maybe that means they'll at least bring the the great old stuff back and make it easier for people to see, which is great. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they have that at their disposal to make MGM quality product. Yeah, possibly. So. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be like it's we're turning into like Shadowrun and Cyberpunk, where there's just these going to be these giant companies that own everything. Yep, and then they're going to start having wars with each other and you're going to run the shadows with your cybernetic implants trying to like steal information from oh sorry i went to total shadow <laughs> <run. laughs> oh but shadow runs so great but yeah. hey it, it's it's also blade runner too like yeah well that's where it all comes from it could be the angle where we we head i hope not but hey at least it cost them eight billion dollars it wasn't like a handshake deal and yeah. be like you can have our studio like give us some of your money so yeah. maybe they can do something secondary with that uh, but speaking of money, Netflix is also getting in on the grifter game. <laughs> the grifter game. Uh, it's, sorry, that's a negative connotation, but it's also it's kind of a jerk move. Netflix is now cracking down on people that share their passwords. Oh, yeah. Everybody shares their passwords. I know. I don't think that's a secret. Maybe I'm saying the quiet part out loud. <laughs> but that was the whole thing. Like, somebody pays for Netflix and you put your friends on it, and somebody pays for Spotify and you put your friends on it. Like, share huh. the wealth. How are they doing that? Because, like, I know on the Netflix that we have, you have a certain amount of screens or... Yeah, profiles and screens viewing. Right. So, you know, because I know my kids watch it on some stuff on their phones and stuff. Mm -hmm. So how are they going to prevent it? Because, I mean, technically, you know, their phone isn't always at my house. True. But it, that does seem to be the deciding factor. Uh, they're proposing a $2.99 surcharge uh, for Netflix accounts that are accessed outside of the household. Oh. So maybe if the device is associated with your Wi-Fi or your house, oh. and another one is, like, not in Richardson McKinney, if it's actually in, like, Seattle or something, oh, they're like, okay. hey, that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't compute. Yeah, but I was watching, I was away in Florida, and I was watching The Witcher on Netflix in my hotel room. There's a lot of gray area there. Be like, hey, man, (laughs) I'm watching this in my room right now. You just have to write them a letter every time they confront you about it. Be like, I was on vacation. Well, I mean, and also, I mean, think about that. There are, hmm, it seems like it's going to be hard because there's, I know there's not tons, but uh, there are people who, travel for a living absolutely and spend almost every week somewhere else and you gotta watch i mean what what better way to pass the time on a plane or in a hotel than yeah. watching some streaming stuff i know hmm. seems like it'd be really hard to police that but and and you may be right and it may not come to fruition but it is in talks yeah. to that they're testing it out so maybe it crashes mm. and burns which yeah I hope. because i mean if they do a thing where it's registered to your device then it seems like then just have your friends come over 
to your place. Yep. <laughs> do it there <laughs> on your Wi-Fi registered device and then just like, see you later. There you go. You know? I just figured out I figured out how to crack it, Mikey. We gotta oh I gotta erase this now. <laughs> Can't let them know. But then one more on the streaming platform features is HBO Max is doing their own thing. They're not doing the separate households, but they're adding a shuffle play feature to about 45 of their shows. Okay. Which is apparently they're doing this because it's been user requested. Ooh. This blows. I, I didn't even think this was a thing. I can't think of a show that I would just want to hit shuffle on and be like, show me season eight, episode one. Now show me season three, episode four. Oh, shuffle of a specific show. Yes. It's not like the Netflix thing where it's like, you don't know what to watch. We'll throw something at you randomly. That's what Netflix does. HBO yeah. is saying you can like go to a show. Right. You can go to Game of Thrones and mm-hmm. be like, show me an episode, and they'll pick one. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down from you. That's a giant thumbs down for me, and I don't... Who are these people? People are requesting this. It's like, people... Who? That's it. People are requesting this. The users. It's, it's, it these, was it. These are the users who... This is the classic thing of normal people don't put reviews for stuff. Normal people when they're right. like when, right. when they're like thanks for you know using our service could you take five minutes to review it for us normal people go no nope. but people with a lot of time and a lot of opinions <laughs> go absolutely <laughs> exactly and those aren't normal people <laughs> that, that that makes me feel a little better so but, I think it's a bunch of bunch of weirdos who are like yes I would like you to show me some random episode of a show out of sequential order to what. Just see if you get, oh, oh, this is one of my favorites. (laughs) Just, yeah, hope you get lucky. Although, like, Spotify knows, like, Spotify Shuffle is crazy because it seems to know exactly what mood I'm in. But music is different. Music is way different. The only thing I can see the Shuffle feature working for is sitcoms because it's not necessarily, it's more serial, it's not necessarily sequential, depending on the sitcom. Depending on the sitcom, for sure. But that's, like, a drama show? Like, what are you doing to yourself? I know. It's that's really really odd. I mean, because nothing has ever been presented that way, really. Because even so, let me think. Because I'm thinking one of the reasons we're used to music that way is because we're used to radio. Yes. And how they would just you know they don't play like whole albums. They play like here's this song, here's this song, and they're all go. different bands, all different songs. So I think that's why we're used to the Spotify shuffle. Now that I think about it, but... I think we're coming to the same conclusion. But my conclusion is might not be where your conclusion is going. Tell me. Because you might say, oh, well, reruns are ran- used to be random, but they weren't, though, because I watched way too much TV when I was a kid. Way too much TV. <laughs> and I can tell you for a fact that they would run the reruns sequentially. Yes. You just weren't watching them every day because they would literally show Brady Bunch the same time every day like monday through friday yep because i'd watch it and it would be sequential they'd be sequential but who's watching the show other than me (laughs) every single day at the same time monday through friday nobody so it would kind of seem you'd see it like you catch one on a wednesday and then a week later you'd catch it on like friday and that was like monday through friday monday tuesday that's like seven episodes went by there you go so it seems like it's almost on shuffle yeah but it's not. Yeah, I was thinking this. I'm with you that reruns were mostly sequential as much as I remember. But in the old cable days, you'd be scrolling through the guide and you'd see a show you'd like. Be like, oh, it's on. Let me watch this episode. Mm-hmm. And you never know what you're going to get. That's true. So uh, it's still weird, though. I mean, but it is weird because that's something we just had to put up with back in the day. Yes. But now you don't have to put up with that anymore. Now is like literally like, I want to watch this episode of MacGyver. On-demand viewing. Yes. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. <laughs> oh, jeez. What is going on? But to get to some lighthearted, we'll switch to some more TV headlines. But the first, this came from Reddit, and it was such a thought experiment that I had to put it in here and buggy with it. Off the top of the dome again, what would you say is an unskippable TV intro? An unskippable TV intro? You mean like a beginning theme song type thing? It, w- yes. Oh, well, we've had a couple we've mentioned here on the podcast before. That's true. You can't skip. Well, there's some of the funny ones that like are so short, but it'll say like skip intro and you're like, <laughs> it's like super short. That, that was the bad batch. That's like the good place. It's like yeah. three seconds. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> boop, okay. <laughs> yeah. That was the bad. Batch. <laughs> right. I, I, I hope I've mentioned this and I'm pretty sure I have. So sorry to be redundant, but cheers. Like I'll listen to that song every time it plays. Yeah. 
I know it gets redundant, but it's a perfect setup. It's like, don't you want to go mm-hmm. where everybody knows your name? It's like, I'm hanging out with friends. They're playing my song. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, can't skip Golden Girls. <laughs> Thank you for being yeah. a friend. No, you can't skip that. Let's see. I'm, what, what else? Um, we talked about what we do in the shadows. We can't skip that. That was one of the one of the more upvoted answers on Reddit. So you're oh, not, not so that actually that, showed up on Reddit, which is great because that song is awesome. Let's see. I would never. Well, see, I <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched this on streaming, but if I did, a show that I used to enjoy watching in reruns when I was a kid yep. was Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, there you and go. And that has a great opening song to it. That was only, what we're mentioning the the three we mentioned so far are literally songs that were like played on the radio Absolutely. too. They yes. actually became hit yep. songs that were played on the radio. <laughs> but well, what was on the list? Uh, this one made me think of you. Somebody, uh, a lot of people voted for A-Team. A-Team. Yeah, well, because that, that starts with like... Um, so cinematic. Yeah, but it starts with like a little voiceover thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need help, call the A-Team. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, go on along that line. MacGyver had a great opening theme. See, there you go. And with explosion and some of the animated answers were Simpsons, which I agree with because oh. you got to see the couch the bit and you got to see that's it. But you got to see what Bart's writing on the chalkboard, yep. which changes every time. And you got to mm-hmm. see the couch bit. So that was unique in that it was a new thing. Uh, Cowboy Bebop. Oh yeah, you Song can't skip that. And then X Men animated, which I had I thought of you. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, if you're gonna go to animated, then there's were there any millennials on there doing your Ducktales? Oh, woo! Yeah. Ducktales and Gummy Bears showed oh, up. Oh, Gummy Bears! Yep. Bouncing hand and everywhere. The the one that surprised me the most is actually a lot of people voted for King of the Hill. Hmm. Which? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's a memorable bah, song. See, so you just told bah, me. Bah, yeah, see. <laughs> And I love me some King of the Hill, and I don't think I've ever skipped it. And that's Cowbell in it, too. Yep. But for serious ones, uh, House MD, I agree with, because that was a massive attack, like you're saying, a song that was on the radio. Mm. And then most recently, I know there's hot opinions about it, but Game of Thrones, I remember just people gushing about the intro to that Oh, it's great, because they had that crazy little animations or whatever they're doing. And it was groundbreaking. Yeah. We're going to do the whole world, and here's these cool effects. I don't remember ever skipping it. I remember singing along my fake lyrics to it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Game, 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 so play along, like I said, super fun thought experiment. Which TV show intro do you never skip? Let us know. It's going to be great. Uh, but speaking of TV, um, we talked about this. The Batman again. We just did an episode about this. We talked about the movie. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for that episode. We talked about how the Penguin ends up, and I was completely wrong. They're giving him his own TV show. No. They're doing The Penguin TV show on HBO Max. Oh, Colin Farrell's doing a TV show. But it is Colin Farrell, and he's coming back as that character. I know, but wow. Colin Farrell is doing a TV show. Hmm. That does indicate some things because I don't think I can name another TV show that he's done. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's always like this method movie actor, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of seems like he's up there in the stars with the Hollywood stars. And he kind of seems like he doesn't repeat himself. No. He seems like he does one thing and then on to the next thing. Yeah. And doesn't really reprise himself. Yeah. Interesting. But there's a lot of good things behind it. Uh, it is a new creator, new writer, but Matt Reeves, the director of Batman, will be on as executive producer. Mm-hmm. The one little tidbit, and this is only hinted in the words, is that they're saying it's a continuation of the exploration as Oswald Cobblepot as he rises through the darkened ranks of becoming the Penguin, which immediately oh. smells like origin story. Yeah. But, again, go back and listen to our episode. But uh, the way the movie leaves off is that that seems like a beginning for him to fill the power vacuum and become like uber Gotham crime lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it's that origin, or maybe we get flashbacks between the two, uh, like uh, Boba Fett style. Yeah, maybe he's got a flashback to tank. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, we're getting more Penguin. That character was great. I just really hope it's not just. I, I don't like an origin story that's by the numbers. Be like, here's how. Here's everything that explains why this person is the way they are. Yeah, no, I don't know. It seems like I mean I, we don't know what's happening, but it seems like it would be a continuation of what happened in 
the movie, I would think. Uh, that's my guess. I would hope so. But then you're having to deal with what's Batman doing? Well, apparently, like all the rumors, none of them talk about Penguin. The rumors are Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy and the Joker. So mm-hmm. maybe, so maybe he's is... just kind of working behind the scenes. Exactly. I wonder if they're doing a thing where they're going to build it up and then he's going to become a villain in like three. And have him do the, the, the power creep like in the show and then come yeah. back to the movies like, oh, he's a threat now. Yeah. That'd be mm-hmm. great. That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah, I just don't want them to end up with that, the whole problem we said with, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff. <laughs> I was like, uh, where is everybody? Yeah, where's Batman? Oh, he doesn't uh. show up. He's busy being sad in the subway station. <laughs> <laughs> and then one final silly on the TV news to wrap up our nerd alerts is that, did you, okay, I'll say this and you can tell me. Did you know that Star Wars Detours was a thing? Does that ring any bells for you? Star Wars Detours. Not Star Wars Star Tours from the amusement yeah, park. That's fun. I like Star Tours. Um, Star Wars Detours. I don't know if that just sounds familiar because it like sounds like Star Tours and R two D two. Yep. And I'm just my brain's thinking I know what it is. Okay. Well, then I'll give you some details. Maybe it'll come back. But I didn't know this was a thing. But um, Seth Green and Matthew Senrick oh, from Robot Chicken. Oh yeah. Also Seth Green from Family Guy. They did Blue Harvest, uh-huh. which. Right. It was also more Star Wars. Created, there are two seasons that actually exist, 39 episodes. Yes, yes, I know about this. They created a satire cartoon show called Star Wars Detours mm-hmm. that was spoofing Star Wars between the prequels and the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. It has not seen the light of day. Unfortunately, it was one of the projects that got shelved when Disney bought out right, Lucasfilm. Right, right, yep, yep. But that's the other thing. This is Lucasfilm approved. Like, this is official created satire content mm-hmm. approved by the Overlord that now exists in a vault somewhere, and we may never see it. I'm like, Ugh. where's the petition? Where's the right. angry letters to Disney Plus? It sounds. Uh, I remember this now. I do remember this being announced, and I, I mean, I remember when... They came out with that Star Trek Below Decks thing. Yes. I remember being like, oh, I thought there was going to be like a Star Wars thing like that. Didn't they already do this? But I think that was that. Because, that, yeah, that was one of the things that got lost in the shuffle when Disney took over. Mm-hmm. Just like the sequel scripts that George Lucas wrote. <laughs> well, before you get too bummed out, there's one more funny thing that relates to this news is that in the episodes, in some of the episodes that were created, but also planned for the third season that they had written as well, but those weren't created, uh, they had hired on a past Nerd Alert's favorite, Weird Al. Wow, jeez, man. To compose more satirical songs for Star Wars. What? Yes. Come on. Okay, we need to do something about this. We need to start the petition, change.org, bring back Star Wars detours. I know, right? Is there already a change.org for that? I will go look, and if there is, I will send it to everybody I know. Be like, yeah. put your email address on this. Oh, man, Star Wars detours. But with Weird Al, like, he had the saga know, right? The saga begins, the song about Anakin. He had the Yoda song back in 86 when mm. the OG trilogy was still a thing. Mm. I just say that again because I love me some Weird Al. But you know, Disney, what did you do? But that's how the, the news came back about it because uh, Weird Al was actually interviewed about it, and he was talking about some of the weird projects that never saw the light of day, including mm. this one. So maybe with some buzz, we'll get some more out of it. But like Robot Chicken, that's that's nerd creation, yeah. Person- like perfected. Wait, Weirdo had other projects that never saw the light of day. This one was the one specifically mentioned in this interview. Oh. But apparently, it, now it, I want to know. Yeah, see, what else did? What is there like a UHF two? I would imagine that, or also like I can imagine Weird Al has like an album of songs that never cleared, or he like sent them to the artist because he was well, real big I, about yeah, that. Yeah, I I know I, I I know there are a few things that he yeah wasn't able. I mean I don't know what they are because he can't share them. But yep. I think there have been a number of artists who don't want to play ball with him. To, to the other point, it seems like a lot of people you wouldn't expect did play ball with him. So. Well, I mean Michael Jackson loved him. That's it, and and I think that. Probably led to so much of Weird Al's success because Michael Jackson was the king of pop. Oh, the sign, he, the cosign, yeah, yeah, and he kind of got anointed by the king of pop, which allowed a lot of other people to. I believe it, but I think like Prince didn't want to play ball with him. That made it, that that rings true. Yeah, but of course Prince didn't care what Michael Jackson was doing. 
But then you got guys like Kurt Cobain who was like, oh, I'm famous now. Yeah. Because Weird Al wants to do one of my songs. And they seem like they would, uh, I imagine they met during the MTV heyday. They seem like they would get along like gangbusters. Yep. I still haven't tried one of those hot dog Twinkies. <laughs> I just haven't gotten to that kind of state of mind. We'll have to do a 10-minute podcast where we, we make them and we review them immediately after eating them. Well, maybe we do. Maybe we have to do <laughs> something like that. That would be crazy. I can't imagine it's any good. I mean... But maybe it is. Maybe it, like maybe it awakens something in my appetite and I'm like, I have to have one of these every week. And the question, too, is is that we know, like, I mean, no offense, but... Twinkies are pretty much garbage. So, Delicious garbage. So the the question is, is that do you get a garbage hot dog or do you get a really good hot dog? Because there are really good hot dogs. I would go, I would match like for like. And I yeah. would go cheap junk food Twinkie with like a the cheapest Oscar Mayer grocery store brand you can find. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can get like a schnitzel or some really fancy yeah. ballpark. Yeah, I yeah. think then you're just messing up the formula. Because <laughs> didn't he put like cheese whiz or whipped cream on it too? I like he added something else. Uh, yeah, Maybe even mustard. It's either mustard or cheese whiz. I forget. <laughs> Means I have to go back and watch UHF. But yeah. hey, we'll put it on the docket. Spatula City. Spatula City. <laughs> I'm going to go find that petition for Star Wars detours because I need more weird out in my life. And if that exists out there already made, give it to me. Yeah. But that's it. That's all the news that's fit to print in our nerdy little audio magazine. All right. We're closing the nerd alert feed for now. You like our special effects? So we spend so much money on them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know what your uh, favorite non-skippable song is. Uh, Let us know if you think that if you've had a hot dog Twinkie and think it's awesome. There you go. We really want to know that. Please let us know. You can hit us up on all our social medias at AssumingPod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, mostly Instagram because it has pictures, and pictures are fun. We want to see you like eating the hot dog. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> need proof. Yeah, we need proof. You can also hit us up at our Gmail, AssumingPositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week I ask Mikey, Mikey, how would you like them to format the Gmail? Hmm, I'm I'm kind of running out of newspaper puns for my messages, yeah. but uh well, then do something that happened during the show. Uh unskippable song? Yeah, put it in a song or do it in trailer format. Give me your hot take <laughs> in like a minute 30. Give me all the high points, none all killer no filler. <laughs> trailer in a world <laughs> where Golden Girls is unskippable. Pitch me your opinion like you would pitch a movie. Absolutely. (laughs) That's how I'm going. All right. Uh, We want to thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure that you go and uh, like and subscribe and rate and give us all the stars and thumbs and everything you can. That really helps us out a lot, especially getting us into cons and stuff. If you guys want to see us at cons, you need to let us let them know how awesome we are. Yeah, yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing. Not Scott Productions for our equipment. Jazzar for our music. And we hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week with some more content. Rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. R.I.P.